Good morning. Our second reading is from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Good morning. In our mini-series on giving, we are going to look at that famous incident when Jesus was in the uh, Jerusalem temple. And he watched and saw how people were giving for the temple needs and particularly what one poor widow gave. But let's first pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will open your word to our hearts and our minds and our hearts and our minds to your word for Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, so please, if you have them, uh, will you open your Bibles to Mark 12 and the last four verses, the, the four verses, 41 to 44. And I have just two headings. They are first the widow and secondly Jesus. But by way of introduction, we need to know that Jesus has just been warning his hearers about some of their hypocritical religious leaders. Look at the previous verses, 38 and 40. In his, that's Jesus' teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who, among other things, verse 40, devour widows' houses. Who were these scribes devouring widows' houses? Well, they were the experts in the Jewish law, and particularly the books of Moses, Genesis to Deuteronomy, plus a whole load of the traditions which had formed case law. So how did some devour widows' houses? We don't know. But why were they devouring widows' houses? Well, that we do know. It was because why we are all tempted to acquire or manage our money and property selfishly. It was their greed they were making, breaking the Tenth Commandment. You shall not covet. And that is the hardest in one sense of all the commandments. You see, often we don't know we're breaking it. The other commandments in the second table uh, certainly are external and actual things you do. Honouring by submitting to your parents, killing, having sex outside marriage, thieving and lying. But coveting is a matter of your internal lusts and desires that no one else can see. So beware of being like the scribes. Outwardly, they seemed pillars in the Old Testament equivalent of the church. But inwardly, they were breaking the Tenth Commandment. With so much by way of introduction, now by contrast to the greedy scribes and our first heading, the widow. Let's read again our passage, Mark 12, 42 to 44. And he, Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, 
Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And at today's prices, I've worked out that the widow's two copper coins were equivalent to two uh, 50p pieces. That's to say, one pound. She was a very, very poor widow, maybe with a house cruelly acquired by the scribes and with only a daily wage of one pound to live on. And her giving is all the more amazing because, being a temple goer, she probably knew all about tithing or giving 10%. That principle comes from Numbers 18 to, 20, uh, 18, 20 to 21, where we read that instead of inheriting some of the promised land to farm and make a living from, God said to Aaron that to the Levites, who originally worked in the tent of meeting uh, in the wilderness years, I have given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance in return for their service that they do. So many Christians uh, today give 10% of their secular earnings to support those who work in churches. Nor does Jesus discourage that. On one occasion he said as an outside, uh, as an aside, when uh, reproving wrong-headed religious leaders, this is Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So Jesus says you ought to tithe, but it's no good if you tithe, yet ignore justice and mercy and faithfulness in your daily work uh, that enables you to tithe. And that teaching by Jesus about tithing is repeated in Luke's Gospel, as, the, uh, as it were for emphasis. Also, the Apostle Paul taught the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9.13, when seeming to refer to the Levites, do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple? He's reminded people of that support for religious workers in the Old Testament. But then he goes on in the next verse, 14, in the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. And Jewish readers of Paul would uh, have associated that with Jesus' teaching on tithing. However, this wind widow blew the 10% principle to smithereens by giving not 10%, but 100%. And that brings us to our second heading, <clears throat> and Jesus. What do we learn here about Jesus and giving? Well, two things. Uh, and first, that Jesus knows all about us and our giving. Jesus watched as rich people put in large sums into the treasury. Then he saw the widow put in just two small copper coins. And he seemed supernaturally to know what all were giving. For Jesus said, verses 43 to 44, This poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Divine omniscience 
God knowing everything about everything and everyone all the time, is hugely encouraging to believers. For as Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, this is Matthew 6 verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And that is why Jesus says immediately then, uh, you need to pray the Lord's Prayer, which includes praying for material needs, our daily bread. That's Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Yes, this omniscience of God is a mystery, but it's a, such a fundamental truth. It's regularly taught in the Bible, in the Old and New Testaments. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says, for example, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. And Hebrews 4.13 says, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So one day we must all give account. But how are you and I going to account for how we have spent uh, our money on the Judgment Day. Randy Alcorn, in his uh, book, The Treasure Principle, tells how in 1888, Alfred Nobel, the Swedish inventor who'd made a fortune out of dynamite, read an obituary of himself uh, with a headline in the newspaper, The Merchant of Death is Dead. The newspaper editor had confused him with his brother Ludwig, who had died. But Alfred was shaken. However, it meant that when he died eight years later, he left $9 million for awards for people whose work benefited humanity. So how are we going to end our days regarding what we've given for God's work? Of course, our money doesn't buy our way into heaven. Nothing can pay the price for our sins but Christ and his death for us on Calvary. But all of us will be assessed one day when 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 The Lord comes who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. So Jesus in the temple knew what the rich together with the poor widow were giving. And now risen and reigning he knows all about our giving in 2021. So that brings us secondly to how Christ makes judgments regarding giving. And this is so important. For he calculates not on what you give away, but on what you have left over. So verse 43 shows us Jesus' calculation in the temple. Truly, that is to say with double underlining, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those rich people who are contributing to the offering box. So Bishop Ryle, J.C. Ryle comments, Jesus would have us know that some persons appear to give much to religious purposes who in God's sight give very little and that some appear to give very little who in God's sight give very much. And that is why the first part of 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5 is so important, which says, therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. And so we mustn't judge one another over giving, particularly at this time of the COVID business closures and uh, job losses. For someone who gives very little may be wonderfully self-sacrificial. And someone who gives a lot can give and should give more. And someone who generally doesn't have the equivalent of even two copper coins to give can give to the church in terms of time 
or in some other way, at least in praying for the money that's needed. Well, my time is gone, so I must conclude. Uh, I do so with a verse to meditate on and to motivate us as we think about Jesus' teaching and as we review our own giving. It's 1 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, where Paul reminds you of the grace or giving of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Amen.